The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 welcome. If you know the code, that means we have four guests today. If you want to run with the Game Changers, this is a powerhouse game-changing show, so you are definitely in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is. Well, I have a quote from Forbes. I don't have the date or the name of the article or the study, but I think it'll pack a punch with all of you. The buzz, 79% of salespeople who use social media outsell their peers. Just do the math. Come on. That's a lot more than half. It's inching up toward, I don't know, a great A, 90%. It's inching up toward 100. You want to be one of those. So, of course, we're talking about social selling. But what's happening in this world? I'm going to quote Malcolm Gladwell about what we think is happening with social selling. We think it's at the tipping point. What is the tipping point? Well, Malcolm Gladwell, born 1963, you know, English-born Canadian journalist, author, and speaker, has a book called The Tipping Point, How Little Things Can Make a Big Difference, and that's the point. Social selling at the tipping point is that magic moment when an idea, a trend, or a social behavior crosses a threshold tips and spreads like wildfire. Aha! That means it's here and we're betting it's here to stay. So what does this mean for B2B sellers? You're in a tough position. You have to make sure you establish relationships. You don't hammer anybody over the head with your social selling skills. You don't want to stalk anybody. You want to be useful, provide information. You want to set up an opportunity where you can talk to each other and they trust you. Aha! Social selling is now changing everything in that world. It's impacting how sales and marketing teams are collaborating That's right, sales and marketing talking to each other. Uh Uh-huh, we've talked about that before. How they do business and how they engage customers. But there's a caveat here. Technology is changing. The technology that supports these social platforms is constantly in flux. We'd like to think for the best. It's changing. So do the behaviors that make a great social seller, and if you're not one yet, stick around. We'll tell you how to be one. Do the behaviors that make a great social seller need to change? We would normally say, with the times, but we'll say with the software. What a great panel I have for you today. Four on the panel. We have a packed house. Excited to welcome. Let me tell you who they are. There's a new company out there called Vengreso, V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O, and it is uh, C-suited, I'll call it, by three people who've been on various of our episodes in the past. Bernie Borges is with us today. He's the CMO at Vengreso. Bryn Tillman is the Chief Learning Officer at Vengreso, and Mario J. Martinez, Jr., is the CEO and founder of Vengreso. Talk about a powerhouse. 
And who put this panel all together? None other than our very own Kirsten Boylo, Head of Social Selling Training and Enablement at SAP. Now, we're not going to make this into a uh, into a selling pitch for Vengresso, but you are going to benefit from the collaboration and the combined wisdom of three people who are out there as gurus in the B2B social selling world. So I'm very thrilled. Let's start off with Bernie Borges. And Bernie has sent us a quote from Elon Musk, of course. The quote is, when something is important enough, you do it even if the odds are not in your favor. Bernie Borges, CMO at Vingresso, how have you been? Great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me back. We are delighted you're here with your compadres. You're, you're the awesome threesome, I should say. How is life at Vingresso? Just give us a little bit. Oh, it is so exciting. Uh, we just feel like uh, we've got the tiger by the tail. The, the time is right. There's such a need in the marketplace for what we're going to discuss here today, this whole movement of uh, digital selling. So we're just thrilled to be here with you, Bonnie. Thank you, Bernie. The feeling is mutual. And now, talk to me about Elon Musk's quote. When something is important enough, you do it even if the odds are not in your favor. What are we referencing here, Bernie? I have to tell you, I am a fanboy of Elon Musk. Um, I have been doing a lot of research on him. I watch him almost on a daily basis on uh, YouTube videos because he actually he, he produces, well, he doesn't produce, but he's on a lot of conferences and interviews. And this particular quote, quote, I think, is just, it personifies who he is. He just, he believes that the human species needs to become a multi-planetary species. So to him, that is important enough. And even though common sense and common you know, wisdom says, you know, the odds are against the human species actually living someplace other than Earth, he doesn't feel mm-hmm. that way. He feels that's important enough. And I'm just using that as you know, the example in his case, right? So for us, whatever we think is important enough, forget about what the odds, odd, odd makers say it is, right? What does your spouse say? What does your boss say? What do the, you know, the pontificators say? It doesn't matter. If it's important enough, just go work hard at it. That's what that quote says to me. And I have to tell you, Bernie, that news just broke this week, uh, a couple days ago, that Elon Musk just told the news he has verbal approval for a 29-minute New York City to D.C. hyperloop. So talk about interplanetary. I'm sorry, I had to say that, Bernie. He he wants to connect the New York powers that be with the D.C. powers that be or that want to be, and I thought that was very interesting. He is also doing his great work on Earth right here. Thank you, Bernie. Great quote. Great to speak with you again. And now let me introduce the second person on our panel. She is Bryn Tillman, Chief Learning Officer at Vengresso, and she has sent us a quote from Jim Cathcart. I had never heard of him, but I have a really cute quote about who he is and what he does, Bryn, so give me a second here. A TV interviewer once said, Jim Cathcart is what Fonzie would have been if he'd gone to business school. And the comment on that is millennials are asking, who's Fonzie? <laughs> so I thought that was great. He's a, a Golden Gavel Award winner. He's written 18 books, Speaker Hall of Fame, Sales and Marketing Hall of Fame, a TEDx Top 1% in 2017, and former NSA president. Those are great credentials. Here's the quote Bryn selected. Become the person who would attract the results you seek. Bryn Tillman, how are you? I am terrific. Thanks so much for having me back. We're delighted. So talk to me about this quote. Are you a big fan of Jim's? So I think Jim is awesome. He's just down to earth and real and has some really wonderful sales uh, tips and and practical uh, advice that I think is fantastic. And this is just one of my, and I love his books, um, but this is one of my favorite quotes 
recent quotes, actually, uh, which is become the person who would attract the results you seek. Because what I realize as, you know, I work with a ton of clients, you know, we think, oh, well, you know, we have to change behaviors. We have to change behaviors, rep behaviors and what they do. And, and you know, and they've, they've got to start doing things differently than they've done before. But a lot of times they're like, well, where do we start? How, how do we do that? And I think first by identifying what are the results that you want to get is the most foundational piece of, of information before we try to change anyone's behaviors or who they need to become. So when we can identify exactly what we want to get, in this case the results you seek or the goals that we want to meet, we have to align those change behaviors to make sure that they're leading toward that goal. And okay. a lot of that to become the person who would attract that is really important. It's sort of the litmus test of all the changed behaviors. Is this a correct new behavior? Is it leading toward our goal? How much time does it take to figure out if it's a correct new behavior, Bryn? Is that a work in progress? So I think forever it's a work in progress, both personally and professionally. Um, and, you know, we're always growing and improving and, and taking you know, different paths to try to make things faster, stronger, um, more productive. And I think uh, really there are two things. If you are a sales manager or a sales leader and you're looking at coaching your reps on that, that behavior, we always have to look at did we achieve the goal we were looking to achieve or did we get closer to it? And I think the test is, if we're doing something new and it is not achieving what we wanted to, to reach, then we have to tweak that behavior. And it, it can be very dangerous not to measure those at each, you know, increments of weeks or by weeks or months because we could get off the path pretty quickly. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of KPIs that can go behind making sure that that, that works appropriately. Thank you very much, Bryn. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show, and congratulations on what you do at Vingressa. We'll be talking a little bit about your roles later in the show. And now we have to talk to the CEO and founder of Vingressa, a man on the move. I hear he's traveling constantly, continually. Talk about software changing. Mario is always changing. Mario J. Martinez, Jr. And Mario has sent us a very interesting quote from George S. Patton, Jr. I have a feeling that all these quotes reflect on why you all got together and created Vingressa, but that's just a just a thought here in the background. Here's the quote. If everyone is thinking alike, then somebody isn't thinking. That's powerful. Mario, how have you been? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm great, Bonnie. Thank you for having me here. And um, yes, it feels like I'm always on the move, but um, you are absolutely right. Uh, that quote has a lot to do with, in fact, yesterday, a very good friend of mine sent me the uh, quote and said, this is what you remind me of and every time we talk. And uh, I thought, wow, that is exactly right. I'm going to use that quote today on uh, the SAP radio show here. So I'm excited to be here with you. 
Thank you very much. So talk to me. If everyone is thinking alike, then somebody isn't thinking. If we're seeing a trend, if we're seeing this tipping point where something, we're talking social selling today, obviously, Mario, is at that point where it's a trend, it's a behavior, it's spreading like wildfire. It is out there. It is taking hold. It's a fact, not just a myth or a wishful thinking. It's a myth. So if everybody's thinking alike, now if we put everybody in the bucket, yes, we're all on board for social selling, then how do we get to that next level where somebody isn't thinking alike? Is, is there a next phase that we should be aware of? I know we're not at the part of the show called the crystal ball predictions round, but but what do you think? You want to give us a little a little teaser here, a little taste of what's next for social selling, Mario? Uh, yeah, I, I would actually really pull this out and put this in the context of forget social selling, forget digital selling. This is just selling in general, right? And And what we're thinking of here is, is how, if you are thinking just like your competition and doing the things that your competition is doing, uh, then somebody mm-hmm. isn't thinking because you're not setting yourself apart. And that's really what's most important in the sales process is to be, is to be authentic, to develop that human-to-human connection. But as important is to be different and to uh, allow yourself to be able to develop that human-to-human connection with your targeted buyer. And this is really, that quote personifies what a salesperson should be doing, which is that everybody is doing the same exact thing or thinking the same way and following the same exact methodology. Well, then somebody isn't thinking because you're not really setting yourself apart and you really won't differentiate yourself from the competition. Um, And we use this in, I mean, like this thought process is also something we're using internally. And, you know, the power of what we, of what I envisioned uh, when we brought together all of our founders for Vingresso has been beyond my expectation. I mean, there's been an overflow of information and thought process that really is helping to not only set us apart from the competition, but to bring together solutions that are like, wow, like I never even thought of that. And, and this, this quote yesterday really hit me hard yesterday. We were on a call internally, and everybody was giving their thought process on a particular product launch that we're, we're about to do and some steps that we need to take. And I would have never thought of A through Y. I mean, I would have probably come up with just the Z <laughs> on the on 1 through 26. <laughs> but 1 through 25, I would have never thought about. And that's really the beauty of, of being able to have collective bargaining, if you would, collective reasoning that helps you to be able to grow and develop. And, and, and digital selling, social selling is one of those things that can help somebody not think like the rest of the competition and to be different. Thank you very much, Mario. Always an interesting answer. Appreciate that. And again, congratulations. And now let's turn to the lady who made this all happen. She knows where to find the really smart people. It's Kirsten Boylow, Head of Social Selling Training and Enablement at SAP. She knows her stuff. And Kirsten has sent us a wonderful quote from Sir Richard Charles Nicholas Branson. I didn't know he had so many names. He founded the Virgin Group, which controls more than 400 companies. And just a little bit of inspiration, he expressed his desire to become an entrepreneur at a very young age and started out at 16 with a magazine called Student. Look up the rest. Here's the quote, very, very appropriate from Richard Branson. There is no substitute for innovation. Original, revolutionary ideas will always rise to the top. Kirsten, are you enjoying the panel so far? It's a fantastic panel. I, I, these people on the call uh, are, are all friends of mine, and but I, at the same time, I respect them so much from a business standpoint. They all um, have so much great wisdom to share. It's great. 
Wonderful. And talk to me about this quote from Branson. Obviously, you're innovative about this show. We always appreciate the great topics and panels you bring to the radio, Kirsten. So no substitute for innovation. Original, revolutionary ideas will always rise to the top. I'm interested in revolutionary and original paired together. What's your interpretation? <laughs> well, when you, I guess when you think of the word revolution, it, it, it means a change. It means a uh, a switch in the way of thinking, right, or the way of doing something. And and to me, that is generally something original. So I guess that that's why those two two words are paired together. That's why he put those together. But essentially, it's about um, you know pushing that envelope. Thinking outside the box, you can use all kinds of different um, cliches to, to make that same point. Ultimately, it comes down to, um, like Mario just said, being different from the competition, standing out and allowing your um, all of those the collective uh, wisdom that's out there to to find those those great nuggets that bring things together that that ultimately push something new to the top that then can take off and be that into that tipping point like uh, Gladwell said. And I just want to come back to Gladwell for a second. Yeah, I am. I am from, uh, I live in St. Jacobs. He is from Elmira, which is about 10 kilometers from me. Oh, my. And, uh, and, and I don't think his mom is still alive, but she lived there until uh, recently. And, um, and there's, a, there's a Gladwell um, center in uh, in. Elmira. So that's partly why I chose him because he is so famous in Canada and, and he's, he's from right nearby me. So. Wow. Didn't know that. Unfortunately. Didn't know that. Well, you know, it's nice to say I live near. I can tell you that I, I went to a <laughs> public school about three miles from where John McEnroe grew up and I live in a community where Sarah used the Olympics. I'm teasing, but not. Sarah used the Olympic skater and, and her sister, um, gold medalist, they practiced at the Parkwood skating rink here in Great Neck. So I wish they were in social selling. I could say something pertinent to this topic, Kirsten, but I can't. That's the best I could do. I, I'm delighted to have all that information. Kirsten, Again, bravo on pulling together. You say these people are your friends. You you run in very, very smart circles, I must say, Ms. Boylo. So congratulations. Uh, we just want to say congratulations to everybody who put together Vingresso. I want to spend just a moment asking each of you what you do at the company, along with our usual question, Bernie Brin and Mario plus Kirsten. Where are you calling from today? We know where Kirsten is. Where are you calling from today, and what's in your cup today if it's not boring, if it is, what's the thing that really powers you? What drink really gets you going to be the social selling entrepreneurs you are? So, Bernie Borges, let's start with those three questions. What do you do at Vingresso? Where are you and what are you drinking? Sure. Thank you, Bonnie. Well, I am the uh, chief marketing officer at Vingresso. And as such, uh, my responsibility is to, you know, craft our messaging and deliver that messaging and communicate to the world who we are, what we do, what we do, who we do it for. And, of course, what is the value proposition and, and how is it different than others in the marketplace? So that's, that's my role at Ingresso, and it's super exciting. Uh, as you know, we've talked a little bit about that, and I'm sure we'll get into, you know, the, sort of the, the, the best practices around it, not from a company standpoint, but in terms of, you know, what's going on in the marketplace. Yeah. I am calling in from Tampa Bay, Florida beautiful Tampa Bay on the west coast of Florida. I always like to point out it is on the west coast. I get to see the sunset, which is kind of an unusual thing when you live in the eastern part of the United States. Um, 
And, you know, you mentioned <laughs> if it's not boring. So I don't know if it's going to qualify, Bonnie, but I just finished. I, I'm not drinking it any longer. I just finished a strong black cup of French roast coffee. No cream, no sugar. I need that caffeine. I thrive on caffeine both in the morning and a little bit in the afternoon. Wow, I'm I'm with you. I like it exactly the way it comes right out of the coffee maker. Thank you, Bernie, and thanks for the introduction to what you do. Bryn Tillman, you're up next. Where are you? What do you love to drink? What's your role as Chief Learning Officer? Ah, so so I am in the wonderful Philadelphia suburbs. Uh, I've been here for almost my entire adulthood and love it. Um, uh, what I am drinking is Hint. And I don't mean it's a hint. I mean, it's called hint. So it's hint apple water. Uh, And I just love, it's just a crisp, wonderful, uh, fresh water with just a little taste of fruit. And this one happens to be apple. So, Uh, and uh, my job uh, as chief learning officer is uh, fewfold. It's really developing curriculum that our uh, clients will take and leverage and use to be successful in digital sales, in LinkedIn, in uh, social selling. Uh, And uh, along with many of us, I also train the curriculum, both online webinars, private courses, uh, in-person keynotes, uh, one, two-day workshops for sales teams, Etc. And uh, ultimate goal is to make sure that we are on top of all the changes, all of the important things that sales and marketing leaders need to know in order to leverage LinkedIn and social selling and digital tools the most productive way possible so that they are driving revenue. Thank you, Bryn. And I have, to, I have a, a tip slash hint for Bernie Borges. Hint sells a flavor called Caffeine Kick. There you go, Bernie. Mm. You can have your healthy water and you can get that caffeine jolt. <laughs> Drinking I'm what Bryn is doing. Jotting it down. Had to tell you, go to drink, D-R-I-N-K-H-I-N-T dot com. It's the third one from the left on the top. Party like it's 1999. That's their pricing. I thought that was great. <laughs> and there is purple on that label. So there, <laughs> just leave that one alone. Princely ad that it is. Thank you very much, Bryn. Mario J. Martinez, I don't know if you're in a hotel, if you're on a plane, a train, a boat, a bus. I know you're traveling constantly. Uh, Mario, CEO and founder, when did the idea for Ben Gresso hit you? What were you drinking at the time and where are you right now? Mm, wow, that's a lot of questions. Uh, just to, just I know. Me, look at me up, Bonnie. It's Mario M, as in Michael Martinez. M, how did I get J? I don't know where I got J. I, I should know M, 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 M. I apologize. M, 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 M. We got it. Okay. Let's see. When did I get the idea? It was August of 2016, and I actually vetted it out. The very first person that I vetted out the idea with was my friend uh, and fellow founder of Ingresso, Bryn Tillman, and that was Mm -hmm. in September of 2016. And then we started putting pen to paper uh, at the last quarter of 2016. And then it took, um, oh, I don't know, about five months or so to negotiate with seven different lawyers. And let me tell you, if I didn't have any gray hair then, I've got lots of gray hair after that. (laughs) Um, You're too young for that. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it came. It came on. 
uh, Bernie and Brandon, everybody caused me much great stress, but it's the most fantastic stress that could have happened. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, what was I drinking then? I don't remember what I was yeah. drinking then, but I'll tell you, I forgot that you asked that question. And um, this morning, there's actually a little funny story. So this morning, I went into my refrigerator to grab something to drink for this particular call. Uh, and I'm actually in Lafayette, California, which is right outside of San Francisco. And mm-hmm. I opened the refrigerator door. I put, some, or sorry, I put some ice in my cup. And then I opened the refrigerator door for whatever reason. I don't know, because I started pouring water at the same time. And, you know, the typical male thing, open the refrigerator, like, what's inside of it that I could eat? And I saw staring at me, and it was like, it was like, oh, it was apple juice. My kid's <laughs> apple juice. <laughs> so I took the apple juice and I did a 50-50 mix and I poured it in because I was waiting for one of my kids to wake up and come over and like, why are you drinking my apple juice? So I put it in, I snuck it in real quick and I poured the rest half water. So I've got a half apple juice, half water. Uh, I stole it from my kids. <laughs> well, that's just that's, called that's sharing. That's that's just teaching them the value of sharing and collaborating on ideas. Come on, Mario. We can spin that there any way go. we want. Mario M., you tell your kids they were part of a radio show today, even though they didn't know it through their apple juice. Otherwise, you wouldn't have even mentioned them. So there you go. Thank you very much. Glad you're sitting in one place today. And let's go to Kirsten Boylo. Kirsten, what are you drinking? Uh, well, right now I'm just drinking water out of it. It's actually a, a new um, water jug that I got. It's a Brita water jug that has a, a Brita filter built right in, um, ah. which is kind of cool. Uh, but I cool. will hopefully right after the show be heading to, out to some horns to get my Earl Grey tea. Very good. I, I, uh, you know me, I have only cool, clear water in a cool, clear mug. I have a pink straw today, hoping that the rain goes bye-bye, doesn't come back here in New York. We've had quite a bit in the past couple of days. It alternates with bright sunshine. It really fools people. I've been to a couple of outdoor concerts here at our Stepping Stone Waterside Theater, and we had a wonderful Mambo Loco concert Saturday night, and they managed to play one hour after a rain delay. They played one hour of Latin music, and then... My my friend sitting next to me had his phone alert, and he said, 8.52, the rain is coming. And at 8.52, the rain came. They said, thank you. They covered their tarps over the equipment, and everybody ran for the parking lot. So we did, yes. And then we had another band on Sunday night, and we were able to get through a two-hour concert without any rain. So there. So I have a the pink straw hoping for a little more sunshine here, and I use water that comes from, Kirsten, you know, a Brita filter, but it's not built into my mug. So I'm going to have to see if they'll custom make a filter for this mug because that's all I use on the radio. So we are having a very lively conversation here. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about social selling at the tipping point. Yes, that's part of the title of a book by Malcolm Gladwell. But we're here with some people who are oh, making the tipping point happen for social selling. We have Bernie Borges. We have Bryn Tillman. We have Mario M. Martinez, Jr. I think I got the J from Jr. I, I transposed it, Mario. And Kirsten Boyleau, the three people I just mentioned are the team that is launching Vengresso, V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O. We've been talking about that in between what in the world is happening in the world of social selling. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I plan to be after this break. We're going to take 90 quick seconds. And when we come back, I think we're going to do a little bit of a lightning round. Um, This is my message to the panel. Instead of having you go around and talk about each other's points, I think we'll pick one major talking point from each of your roundtable notes you sent me before the show. We'll have you spend about three minutes explaining it. Then I'll move to the next one. It'll be a quasi roundtable, quasi uh, back and forth with me. 
me. So I think that'll get us a lot more information in the 30 minutes we have left. So to our listeners, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. And we are tweeting at hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Follow the conversation. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm. And only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business. From building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Social Selling is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game with Social Selling. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game with social selling. Here we go, social selling at the tipping point. We're here with Bernie Borges, Bryn Tillman, Mario M. Martinez Jr., Kirsten Boylow. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to do a roundtable a little bit different than we usually do on the show. I'm going to pick one topic from each of our panelists in the notes they very graciously sent me before the show, and we'll talk about three minutes, that panelist and I, about it, and then I'll move to the next topic so we can get a lot of great information out there for our listeners. Bernie Borges, here's a statement. I'll read two sentences, and then you run with it. Give me about three minutes of your best top of mind on this. You say the most successful B2B salespeople are great marketers. For any sales professional to be effective in their digital selling, they must engage with their audience in a relevant way. Bernie, talk to me. Sure. So if you think about what is a great marketer, think about it from a brand perspective, right? A, A brand that does really good marketing understands their audience delivers a message to the audience that is meaningful and relevant to that audience to to become interesting and attractive to that audience so that that audience will want to engage and then does it on a regular basis so that they're touching the audience with enough touch points to create some relationships, some trust, some likability, and to create the opportunity to create a sales scenario, a sales conversation, right? So even though, Bonnie, I don't expect B2B salespeople to walk around and say, I'm a great marketer, like I don't expect them to say that. I don't expect them to verbalize that. But if we can create the behavior change in B2B salespeople where they are great marketers 
at, because they're engaging with their audience. And let's face it, we all know that in modern B2B selling, the buyer's in control. They're the mm-hmm. ones that are conducting research online. They're going 60, 70, 80% of the, the, the way on their journey on their own conducting that research. So if the B2B salesperson is doing the things that great marketers do by providing content that is meaningful and relevant to the buyer so that that buyer can actually discover the B2B salesperson through relevant content, through relevant engagement, so that that buyer will actually get questions answered that they have because they're conducting research. And so this is actually a form of content marketing. Again, whether or not the salesperson calls it that or even acknowledges that they're doing that, right? They can be an unconscious competent because they're, if their marketing department is feeding them great content to share, then they can be an unconscious competent. However, I would prefer that they're a conscious competent, meaning that if there's alignment between the marketing team and the sales team and they have a plan, a go-to-market plan on how to actually insert salespeople into the buyer's journey through great content and they understand what content is needed at different phases of the buyer's journey, and then the salespeople know exactly where to, where to locate that content inside their organization, how to access that content, how to share that content, how to engage with buyers, again, in a relevant way that, that builds trust, that builds rapport, and actually inspires that buyer to want to have a conversation, then that B2B salesperson I just described, whether or not they used the vocabulary of marketing, that B2B salesperson is a great marketer. And that's what I mean by that, Bonnie. Thank you very much, Bernie. Very, very interesting. Let me move now to a comment from Bryn Tillman, also at Vingresso. And let's do a little bit of myth-busting here. Bryn says, the biggest myth about social selling is that it takes too much time. Bryn, I'm going to let you debunk that, please, for us. Go ahead. Oh, thanks so much, Bonnie. So, uh, the biggest thing I hear when I'm first talking to either sales leaders or people on their team is we're so busy we just don't have time for LinkedIn, social selling, digital sales. And I laugh, and the first thing I say is I don't understand how you have time not to use LinkedIn uh, because LinkedIn actually is a, a 24-7 opportunity to find and engage prospects in a way that the, that there is no other, uh, there's no faster, better way, in my opinion, to do your research, find the right people, find your shared connections, and connect with them in a way that's relevant to them based on research that you've done and information that you found. So if someone is responsible for hunting new accounts or even account-based marketing where they have to go wide and deep into specific accounts, not leveraging LinkedIn and social selling and digital tools may be the biggest waste of time they could possibly have. So, um, you know, a typical salesperson If they're out there, if they're cold calling, if they're knocking on doors, even if they're asking their clients for referrals, are not maximizing their opportunities. And if they go to a a networking meeting, for example, that could be three, four, five hours out of their day. 
Mm-hmm. In that time, they could have probably connected to 20 or 30 targeted prospects. And unless it's like an incredible event, there's chance that there's probably not even three or four prospects in a room. And then it, once they've gone out, they've connected, maybe they've leveraged some of them by shared connection introductions. But at the end of doing maybe, if you, if you actually invested four hours into social selling, you probably have reached out to 20 targeted prospects in that time or more. depends, I mean, if you're going straight through. And when you're done, you'll have converted probably five of those 20 to meaningful interactions and converted five of those meaningful interactions into two or three prospects if you've done you know, all your due diligence ahead of time. So in the time that it takes to go to dinner with your spouse or uh, you know, even go to a professional networking event, you could probably end up with two or three new prospects in your pipeline. Thank you very much, Bryn. And Mario, we were going to talk about LinkedIn with you, but I'm moving to a different topic in your list, Mario. Let's talk about the do or die. And I'm not sure you know which one I'm talking about, but I'm going all the way down near the bottom of your list. And you say sales reps, sales leaders, and marketing leaders will be obsolete in two years if they do not adapt to the digital sales revolution. I think that is something you're going to tell me it's not a myth, it's the truth. So why don't you substantiate that for us, Mario? Uh, okay, fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time talking to sales leaders. Last year, we did over 200 uh, executive level meetings. And this is really something that I've been very passionate about. Um, a lot of sales leaders and marketing leaders that are in that director and VP level position are about my age or older, 40 and older. And we grew up in the era of doing sales the way we always did it. We cut our chops uh, and, and, and progress through the, through the chain by you know, making the calls, by you know, pounding the pavement, as we used to call it, by knocking on the doors, by going to the networking event, by doing all those things. So at the 40 and older, we are somewhat challenged in the idea that, oh, crap, our sales methodology and process that we use to kill or crush or grow sales that got us to the position that we're in is not what's going to get us where we want to go in the future. And that's hard for a lot of leaders to uh, adopt and that, me- that, that mindset, if you would. So the message that I, I, I talk a lot about with leaders is that if you are not adapting to the digital sales revolution, like when CRM or Salesforce automation came out, like when email came out, when you went from spreadsheets mm-hmm. to an S- actual SSA, or like when any other di- uh, uh, revolution that happened, mobile technology as an example, right? Um, All of these things, if you don't adopt and adapt, then you will become obsolete. And there are many, many, many different examples from Fortune 100 CMOs who are being fired, excuse me, fired as a result of not adapting and, and adopting to the way the changing landscape of buyer behavior is dictating uh, marketing organizations and selling organizations to engage with them. So this is important because uh, many organizations are still having their reps pound the phone eight hours out of the day. I mean, you just cold call, 100 calls, 100 calls, 100 calls, 100 calls. And it is, I will never say, and I don't think you'll ever hear anybody from Vingresso ever say that the cold call is dead. Is it dying? Yes. Is it becoming less effective? Yes. But it sometimes works. But sales methodologies work best 
when you have a multi-channel approach to selling. That means you are leveraging email, you are leveraging texting, you are leveraging social, you are leveraging the phone, you are leveraging um, video technology. And all of those methodologies, with the exception of the phone, are all what's called the digital sales transformation, or part of the digital sales transformation, the digital sales revolution. And sales leaders, I can assure you, most of them today have not figured out, well, uh, helping their salespeople and developing a cadence program that says, hey, if you emailed today, then you call tomorrow. That they're already doing. And they've got the email cadence, right? The e- email and phone call. Email today, two days later, you phone call. Two days after that, you do this. But now, what about incorporating social touches? What about incorporating content from the marketing organization that helps you to connect with that buyer on the things that they are passionate about? What about engaging with your prospective buyer and or client through text messaging uh, with video messages, as an example, directly through a text message or just a plain old text message? Uh, and recently I wrote an article, um, and it was, um, geez, I'm trying to remember, eight, eight, eight reasons why you're not growing sales. And one of the things I talked about in Feather was actually an NFL sales, um, an NFL team that we landed. It took me seven months to land. But the channels that I used from the moment that I hit Connect on LinkedIn, which was the first touch point of me touching him, uh, except mm-hmm. how he touched me was through LinkedIn, that from that moment through the entire sales cycle was a multi-channeled approach of a cadence that was built. Email, call, text, video, uh, social, and repeat the cycle. Email, call, text, phone, social. So that's where I think most sales leaders are challenged by is that they don't understand this digital side. And as a result of not understanding it, they turn a blind eye to it and they say, you know what, I'm, we don't need to touch that. I don't want my people wasting time. But that's, that's really a, a big problem and you will become obsolete. You will lose the game because you are not differentiating yourself and standing out from the competition. Wow. Mario, quick question before I move to Kirsten. How do you train the, the tried and true? The, I'll just say the old guard has nothing to do with age, of course. In the sales force, in B2B, how do you get them to adopt this? It sounds great. I was going to say on paper. It sounds great on radio, but email, call, social, text, content. Think like a marketer, as Bernie said. How, how do you do? You send them to a school for this? Don't do a selling pitch for me, but how do you get them to, to leave that um, the comfort? And, and that's a very straight, that's an oxymoron moron, the comfort of cold calling, yeah. because it's not. We all know that. Yeah. So just a, a quick tip. How do you get them to get off of that, uh, shall we say, the habit of what they've been doing and into that brave new world of digital selling? What, what do you suggest? Yeah, well, a couple things. Number one, the, one of our mantras is from, 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 from Ben Gresso is the alignment, is alignment, mindset, helping to develop the mindset, the skill set, and then the tool set, right? So if you understand, if you've got the right mindset that you, and you're adopting these new methodologies uh, and you've got the right skill set, then you'll be able to leverage the tool set. Well, how do you get all that to your question? Well, part of it is through training, right? And part of it is through education and learning. But, but the most important thing is uh, that you have to remember, and I, 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 I love to use uh, the, um, uh, the author. Oh, my God, his name is escaping right now. I just had it in my head I'm trying to get him on my podcast. Uh, here it is. I got it. Marshall Goldsmith. There we go. And I've used this before. What got you here won't get you there. That was his book. And that was all about leadership. Uh, and, and, you know, you went to the manager or you went to the director. How do you, become from, how do you grow from a manager to a director? But the application of what got you here won't get you there is so applicable to sales leadership and changing technologies and changing um, evolutions of, se- of selling that people have to think through 
Well, if I'm continuing to do the same thing over and over and over and over again, how is that going to capture my buyer who is changing constantly? And that's where you've got to just take a step back and say, wait a minute, I bring my phone to bed with me. I sleep with it next to my nightstand. For goodness sakes, I bring it to the bathroom with me. Uh, there are 3.64 connected devices worldwide uh, per person, average, uh, average number of connected devices worldwide, average per person across the globe. Well, what are all these people doing now that they're digitally connected, socially enabled, mobile attached, and video hungry? Mm-hmm. And if you start thinking through that mindset, you're like, wait a minute. If this is the qualities of today's buyer, those four attributes, well, then how, why in the heck are we selling in the old school traditional methodologies and not incorporating the newest, latest, and greatest ways to connect with our buyers? And it's really that, I mean, if you just think through that, that's that mindset shift. And as soon as we take a sales team through that mindset shift, they're like, you're right. I do sleep with my phone. Ew. I do go to the bathroom with my phone and all I'm doing there is scrolling <laughs> up and down on my phone, right? So, uh, any case, it, it's really think through that and then you'll say, okay. I got it. I need to do something. What the heck do I need to do? Thank you, Mario. Very interesting. And uh, yes, we do. Most most of us do. Yes, inseparable. And we're not millennials either. You're just above that millennial age curve. I, the, the, we'll call it the demographic cohort. Thank you, Mario. I didn't know you were over 40. My goodness, time flies. Kirsten Boyleau, I'm, I'm moving down to uh, the end of your statements you sent me. Here's something we need to talk about. I don't know if it's ethics, Kirsten. I don't know if it's best practices. But you say the technology that supports social selling is constantly changing allowing sales reps to dig deeper and deeper into the psyche of their buyer. Is this fair? Let's have an answer from you, Kirsten. What do you think? Well, I think when people originally put their their thoughts out there, they, they put their, you know, their kind of profiles together, they didn't really think about how that would people take it at more than face value. Um, but there's a, there's a tool that... that um, my, I've been introducing to our sales teams just as a, you know, a potential add-on. They can use it or not. It's, you know, it's not something that SAP supports financially or anything like that, but it's, it's a really cool tool. It's called Crystal Nose. And if you go to someone's LinkedIn profile and you have this add-in on your, on your Google Chrome, um, browser, you can click on the, the Crystal Nose, um, icon on the side of your this LinkedIn profile, and it will give mm-hmm. you um, a, a, a deeper understanding of that person. So um, I'll, I'm going to do it right now and go look, go look at my own LinkedIn profile. And, and it just tells you about that person, uh, you know, what, how they um, interact, what's um, important to them, um, all of those kinds of things. And I think when people, you know, originally set up the profiles, they probably didn't think about those, how it would be coming across. Um, and so it, it, it's interesting in how the way that you talk online, the way that you present yourself online is, is growing, you know, it's being analyzed at a deeper level than you probably expected it to be. Is that fair? It's hard to say because as long as you're on th- authentic um, as somebody mm-hmm. else mentioned, I'm not sure who it was, but somebody else men- mentioned being authentic. As long as you're authentic online, it really shouldn't um, shouldn't bother you that much. But so I'm looking at my own profile right now. It says Kirsten is a decisive, creative influencer, forward thinking, ambitious, and spontaneous with a natural aversion to rigid structure. And I Ooh. would say that's very true. 
Okay. <laughs> now we know everything else we need to know about you. We knew that all along. We probably, I think the f- four of us, the rest of us got together and wrote that about you, Kirsten. So I, I think we knew that. Kirsten, you have posed a very interesting question. And when I, when I asked you to comment on this note from your roundtable list, um, I asked you if it was an ethics question. Is it? What's, what's your thought on that? I'm going to go around the table after you answer and have Bernie, Bryn, and Mario each give me their quick point of view on this because we're almost up to the crystal ball predictions round. So, Kirsten, is it fair? What do you think? Is it fair game or is it not I fair? I think it is. I, as long as you're being authentic and haven't put something out there that's truly not representative of you, then I don't see what, I mean, people, if they're smart enough or have a degree in psychology or something like that, they're going to be able to read that anyway. So if they're using a tool that's giving them that, if they don't have that degree in psychology, I don't see why not. Okay. I'm the one on the panel, I think, who has a degree in psychology. Does anybody else have one? (laughs) Kirsten, I knew it would come in handy after I've reinvented my career 12 times. I knew the degree would come in handy, and I could say on the radio one day, what? You're on the radio, Bonnie? I have a degree in psychology. I'm sorry. I have to. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for that. So, uh, Bernie, what do you think? Is it fair that we can dive into people's, uh, their personas, their backgrounds that we know so much? Or is it fair game because they put it out there first? What do you think, Bernie? Well, I, I think it's less about whether it's fair. I mean, the fact that it's available makes it fair. It, it really comes down to discretion. What do you do with that information? How discreet are you with it? Or how how smart are you with it or how stupid are you with it? Meaning, you know, if I go to Kirsten's profile and I observe something and then I, you know, reach out to her and I'm blatant about something that I've learned about her, that's not very smart. On the other hand, if I just build that into how I should build a relationship with Kirsten so that I'm aware of the things that are important to her, the things that really make her tick, that's totally, not only fair, but wise. I agree ah. very much so. Yeah, very, very interesting. Bryn, we have to get you in on this for just about, oh, about 30 seconds, and then Mario, 30, and then we have to go to predictions. So, Bryn, who, with whom do you agree or with everybody so far? So, so far, so good. Absolutely. Uh, it's information that you use. One of the ways I think that that can help and be relevant to both you and to the person on the other end is this is a great way to uh, understand what matters to them so that you can engage in a way that's relevant and that gets them more interested in having conversations with you. Okay. And now, Mario, thoughts? My thought is, is what we've always done. Salespeople always take the information that they've got and they've been given or that they can find and you profile your sales buyers to understand who they are, what they are, what makes them tick, what their uh, needs, uh, responses, issues, uh, problems, challenges, personalities, what they would like to do, not like to do. We've always done it. We've done it from the day one that you began selling. And so this is just another arrow in the quiver that allows you to be able to make an ex- to develop an, a more an exact science. So using tools like Crystal Nose, I love it. It works phenomenally. Uh, and that's no different than what we always do day in, day out in the traditional methodologies of selling. 
Thank you very much. Good roundtable. Bernie Borges, circling back to you. Kirsten, thanks for that provocative topic. Bernie, I can give you each exactly 60 seconds. I'm not kidding. No more. Uh, crystal ball predictions round. What do you think will change? Let's focus on around the time of 2020, which I keep somebody keeps reminding me is only three New Year's Eves away. So put your special champagne on ice right now because it's going to happen. Real, Don't drink it before then. Bernie Borges, prediction, 60 seconds. What will change about this topic if we met again at some point in the future? Tell me when, where, and what. Go ahead. So the, the short answer, the five-second version, then I'll give the 55-second elaboration. Okay. Is that the, the, the mindset <clears throat> is going to be mission critical. Mission critical. That's the five-second version. The longer version is a story about a gentleman named Mark. He's in his mid-50s. About two years ago, uh, he willingly and enthusiastically uh, invested both through his company and on his own personal time and nickel in training and enablement to understand how to be a digitally savvy B2B sales professional. He got the mindset shift. He understood that he needed to adapt or die. And he has been successful and he will be successful for the remainder of his career because he has that mindset. And so, again, my prediction is that those who do not have the proper mindset will absolutely die career from a career perspective. <laughs> well, okay, well, well, absolutely, we all will eventually, but thank you for that clarification, Bernie. Very interesting. Do or die, 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 do, do, do. There we go. Bryn Tillman, 60 seconds. Predict, please, go. So I think there are so many changes that are going to happen between now and 2020 around uh, uh, AI, artificial intelligence, and around uh, lots of tools that are ultimately going to make digital selling the forefront of any sales process. Okay, good. You left a little bit of extra time for Mario and for Kirsten. Thank you, Bryn. Mario, I can give you exactly 60 seconds. They're all yours. Hit it. Uh, so what I will say is, is I, I have a saying, and I use this in many of my keynotes, is the modern buyer requires a modern seller. And this has never been more important than this time period that we're living in going forward, and that will be true in 2020. There will be new technologies that will be launched that will make us more intelligent. Artificial intelligence will absolutely help the sales process as well as the buyer. So we have to keep that in mind that the modern buyer requires a modern seller, and that we have to be constantly adapting. I think folks like Charlene Lee at Altimeter um, uh, Group, the principal analyst there, Mary Shia uh, from Forrester, have all identified that the sales process is transforming and or has transformed, and therefore customers are changing. Therefore, salespeople and sales methodologies must change. And I don't think it stops or starts and stops just with digital. It's going to be many new technologies and many new methodologies that enable us to be smarter as salespeople, but as important and as equal is our buyers to become smarter as buyers. And so Ah. the modern buyer requires a modern seller. Very interesting. Thank you for that caveat. Kirsten, I saved 60 seconds for you. That's it. Talk to me. What do you see? Well, to go back to my last point that I was talking about and how the technology changes, I think there is going to be just an explosion of uh, tools that can be used by that modern uh, seller and by that modern buyer, actually, that uh, that Mario pointed out, that I think the um, if you can adopt the tools in a... Um, 
in, a, in such a way that you're being a very efficient with your time, I think you can gain such great insight about your buyer that you can be extremely effective in creating that, uh, that relationship with them. Thank you very much. Kirsten, were you happy with the conversation uh, on our show today? I thought so, too. You know what? I'm going to make a prediction. I see a part two in our future. I'll be in touch (laughs) with all of you. I have an idea. Save me a Wednesday in October, everyone. I will get back to you with the date. We're thinking coffee break. We've got to get you on this. Too important not to continue. Thank you so much, Bernie Borges, Bryn Tillman, Mario M. Martinez, Jr. Congratulations to the three of you on your new collaboration, and thank you for all of your words of wisdom. Kirsten, another home run. What can I tell you? And uh, here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out be a game changer today, just like Bryn, just like Bernie. I mixed up the order, just like Mario, just like Kirsten. I'll be back at 12 noon Eastern here on the Business Channel with another episode of our series called Startup Focus with Game Changers. Bonnie D. Graham signing off, but I'll be back. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Social Selling, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.